The portion of God's word that we'll all focus our attention on for a few minutes this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. And when he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were present. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our risen redeemer. Amen. If someone else has to convince you that you need it, you don't need it. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I remember I was old enough to think I was an adult, and yet I was still living under my parents' roof. And I had just gotten finished telling my dad about this awesome thing that I needed, and it happened to be something that someone else convinced me I needed. I don't even remember what it was, to be honest with you. That's how important it was. But I remember the lesson that I was taught that day. Just one sentence that my dad rattled off right after I told him about this awesome new thing that I needed. If someone else has to convince you that you need it, you, you don't need it. As we grow older, the hope is that as our knowledge increases, as our experience increases, that wisdom would also increase. That our ability to apply knowledge and our ability to apply experiences would improve over time. Husband puts his arm around wife and sighs, ah, little Johnny's all grown up, as tears stream down their face. Why would that happen? Because little Johnny's not little anymore. He's starting to apply the lessons that mom and dad have have taught him, and, and it brings joy to mom and dad's heart as they see a little example of wisdom in their young adult son. You don't need to be a businessman or a businesswoman. You don't need to to work in the medical field to do cost-benefit analysis. We're not going to talk about the differences between that concept in the financial world, in the medical world. Just, Just consider this. Have you ever asked yourself the question, is it worth it? Then on some level, you're you're doing a cost-benefit analysis. If you've ever asked yourself, is this really worth my time? Is this a good way for me to spend my time? Then, then you've done 
a cost-benefit analysis. Not a day goes by. But when you and I don't look back on a day and either feel guilty or proud, there's days when you look back and you say, what a waste. What an absolute waste. I didn't accomplish anything today. You're doing a cost-benefit analysis and you're saying, I, I failed. It wasn't worth it. Right? But then there's those days when you look back and you say, now that was a good day. I accomplished so much. Again, cost-benefit analysis, but this time you're, you're saying, it went well. We all hope to see wisdom in our lives. We all hope to see wisdom growing and improving in our lives. My question for you today is this. Is your wisdom spiritual? Or is it just temporal? You've probably heard the account of the feeding of the 5,000 before. I want you to throw everything you know about that account out the window. This is not that account. This is the feeding of the 4,000. It's not a mistake. It's a totally different account in a totally different place at a totally different time. Jesus has recently gotten back from a mission trip to the north out of Israel. He was up in Lebanon, in, in Tyre and Sidon. These are two coastal cities in the Mediterranean Sea, north of, of Israel, north of Galilee. And he's recently returned down to the Galilee region, which is in the north of Israel. Big, big lake with mountains all around it. Jesus has been teaching people about the forgiveness of sins. He's been healing sicknesses and physical ailments like paralysis. Jesus has been doing all sorts of incredible things. And so when you hear that there's a crowd of 4,000 men who hear that he's back and want to go be with him, that shouldn't surprise you. This guy's drawing attention to himself. And so we have 4,000 men, but you can be confident that it's not just men. There's women, there's children, and they're out in the middle of nowhere for three days. That's one of the biggest differences between this account and the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000 is at the end of a long day and before sending the people home, Jesus miraculously feeds them. But for this one, they've they've been in the wilderness for three whole days. And, And we have no reason to believe that they had no provisions at all. We have no reason to believe they had no food, no water. But how much can you carry with you in those days out in the middle of nowhere? It probably didn't last them very long. And here, so you have families, you have young husbands and fathers, young, young mothers, and probably some young children. How do you think the world would judge the wisdom of this group? What do you think the world would have to say about people who go off into the middle of nowhere for three days with not enough to survive? How do you think that the mom and dad would be judged today? if they took their young family out into the middle of the desert in the middle of the summer to hear a man preach. They didn't know how they were going to get back and they didn't have enough food and water. How do you think Jesus would be judged? The teacher who, who didn't identify the need in this crowd for three days? Why didn't he do this miracle at the end of day one or at the end of day two? Why not head back closer to home sooner. If you want to keep teaching, fine, but don't you have the well-being of these people in mind? 
the world would look at these people, even, even Jesus, and say, this is foolish. There's no wisdom here. No wisdom here at all. But that would be an, an assessment of wisdom that's purely earthly, purely temporal, that's purely taking in earthly things. And so again, the question I'm asking you today is this. Is your wisdom spiritual? Does it take eternal things into account or is it merely earthly, temporal? These people are sitting at the feet of the Son of God. The creator of the universe. The one who fills all things. Who's infinitely powerful, infinitely wise, infinitely knowledgeable, infinitely loving. And this Jesus has come into this world to rescue them. And along the way, he's healing the sick. But more important than the sick, he's teaching them about eternal life. He's teaching them about the most valuable thing in the world. And they get it. They're listening to what Jesus is saying. And they've been convinced he's worth our time, no matter what. Even if it means, even if it means that we're going to be a little hungry or that we're going to be a little thirsty. Even if it means that we're physically exhausted and it's going to be hard to get home, he's telling us about the most important thing there is. This should be a convicting thing for you. It is for me. If you're going to do an analysis of how you make decisions, I want you to think to a time in your life when, when you had kids. Maybe that's now for some of you. Maybe that's in the past. How many summers were you more focused on giving your kids good summer memories than on giving them the most valuable thing in the world? I bet you plenty of summers went by like that where you were more focused on making sure that they had a great vacation or something they could file away and remember for the rest of their lives, more focused on that than you were on making sure that they were in the Word of God every single day. It it might seem important that your kids have good childhood memories. But what does it matter if they don't have Jesus? What does it matter if they don't have a Savior? They don't know him. If they won't spend eternity with him, what what is a good earthly memory, a good earthly experience? And and whether you're old and the children thing is is way in the rearview mirror or young and you haven't quite gotten to that point yet, I don't think I'm going to need to rattle off too many examples to get you. How easy it is for us to focus more on the quality of the retirement account Maybe the quality of today's experience. What am I going to do this afternoon? Is today going to be worth it or not worth it? Am I going to make good use of my time today or not? Have I been making good use of my time or not? For many of us, that kind of stuff is more valuable than God. This crowd... They did things that the world would, would say is, is not wise because of what they heard from Jesus. 
They sat at the feet of the Son of God who had come to rescue them from their sins. And they said, wow, this is worth it. This this is worth everything. This is the most important thing in the world to us. Now, unless you're a person who's hearing God's word for the very first time today, I'm going to assume for one minute, maybe a dangerous assumption, but I'm going to assume for one minute you've heard about Jesus once before today. I'm going to assume that, that you, you have heard that the Son of God came to this world to die on the cross for the sins of the world so that we could be forgiven. If nothing else, I know you heard the readings just a few minutes ago. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus, the Son of God, came to give us that gift so that we could be with him forever in heaven. We hear that. We say, Amen. I believe it. This is true. And then we go out those doors, and even in light of what we know, go right back to our old sinful ways of valuing earthly stuff more than we value God. This is how much our Savior loves us. This is how much God loves us. He came into the world to save sinners. And that includes people who learn of his love and then continue to make mistakes. That includes you. That includes me. That includes people who hear the gospel, who hear the good news that all of our sins are forgiven, and then we treat it like it's worthless. I've been there. You've been there. And this is exactly why Jesus came. He came to forgive all sin. Even the times that you have valued his word, not as important as a vacation. Not as important as a bank account. He came even to forgive those sins. You're forgiven. Every single one of you. You're going to walk out those doors today and Satan's going to come and and try to get you to believe the same lie that he tried to get you to believe last week. That Jesus isn't all that important. Remember, it's a lie. It's all that Satan can do is lie. As you do a cost-benefit analysis every single day of your life, remember the value of God's word. Remember the value of the Son of God. It's infinitely priceless. Jesus means your sins are forgiven right now. You don't have to wait for heaven. You have God with you right now. When you listen to God's word, it's no different than those folks who sat at his feet and were fed by his hand. You're hearing his word just the same. And as you leave here today, remember that as you focus on what's most important, your God is going to provide you with all you need. He may not show up and and give you bread miraculously, but test him in this. His promise to you is, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. In other words, as long as God wants you alive on this earth, he promises to provide you with everything you need to live. He promises to provide you with clothing and shelter and food. He promises to provide you with everything that's needed. And so leave here today confident that your God will provide for your needs, as he always does. Leave here today focused on the most valuable thing that we have, the word of God, which tells us about our Savior, Jesus. Lord's blessings to you all as you continue to grow in wisdom, spiritual wisdom. Amen.